Hi there. Welcome to the Calm Podcast, combining academia and life with Marilyn. My name is Marilyn Ritchie, and I have been a mentor and a scientist for 15 years, and I wanted to find a platform to reach more of the academic community than I interact with at my own university. My goal is to give you strategies and ideas for how to achieve harmony between work and life. Sit back, relax, and let's achieve harmony together. Hey there, this is Marilyn. Welcome back to episode 11 of the Calm Podcast, Combining Academia and Life with Marilyn. I am really excited to be in the double digits in terms of number of podcasts. This is really exciting. Not something I um, knew would definitely happen whenever I started this a couple of months ago. Uh, I just looked today to see whether people were actually listening to the podcast or not. And I am so humbled and thrilled to see that over a thousand plays have happened over the 10 episodes of the podcast on SoundCloud, which then, you know, collects the information from all of the other podcast providers. Thank you for listening to the podcast. And especially if you've listen to more than one. Thank you for coming back. It it really makes me honored and it feels really good to know that people are listening to this. You know, the reason that I started this podcast to begin with is that I listen to a lot of podcasts and most of the tips and strategies and things that people talk about are really about business and entrepreneurship and um, writing and other fields that aren't academia. And while a lot of the topics resonate, sometimes I felt like they didn't. And I really couldn't find a podcast for people like me who work in academia, which has a, a different culture than a lot of other businesses. And because of that culture, there are some things that we deal with that are a little bit different. And so I really wanted to create a podcast that is for us. And and I feel like I'm doing that, although I'm learning from some of my friends who are not in academia that they're getting something out of this as well, which is totally awesome. I'm, I'm so glad that the message is reaching and resonating with people. So thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing the podcast with others. Uh, I will ask if you haven't already subscribed or rated the podcast on the app that you use. I'd really appreciate that. It'll help more people find the podcast. So with that, I want to talk about today's episode. I decided this week to talk about some mental hacks that I have been using with myself over the last couple of months to deal with some of the the issues that come up at work all the time. And these are things that none of us are immune to. They happen on a pretty regular basis. And in general, they're pretty reasonable to deal with as long as your mindset is positive and you're kind of in a good place. But when you are feeling fragile or your anxiety is high, some of these issues can be hard to deal with. And I think with 
what the world has been going through with the pandemic and the um, new awareness of social justice issues. The issues themselves are not new, but they are becoming much more front and center in our minds. I think for many people, the kind of tension level is higher and then the capacity to handle some of the day-to-day issues that come up just become more challenging. So I decided to talk about some of those specific issues and how I am getting through them. All right, the first issue that I want to talk about is that of perfection. I suspect that a lot of people listening to this are perfectionists. I think a lot of people who end up in academia are people who generally did well in school, are overachievers, and strive for perfection in the things that we do. And perfection is not achievable. I think deep down we all know that, and yet we work really hard to get things to be as perfect as they can be. And I watch this already in my children. My daughter often talks about something. Oh, this isn't perfect yet. Hold on, I'm not done. And I'm like, no, no, it doesn't have to be perfect. But she wants things to be perfect. So I can see this is a topic that will come up for her throughout her life, I'm sure. There is a quote or a phrase that I heard I don't know where this specific rendition of the quote came from, but the one that I like is, perfect is the enemy of good enough. I know that the original quote is actually from the French writer Voltaire, and the way that it was said when Voltaire said it is, the best is the enemy of the good. I prefer perfect is the enemy of good enough, because I feel like that is where our mind has to go when we're working on something, and it's not perfect yet, and we're working on it, and working on it, and it's still not perfect, but is it good enough to be done? This is a phrase that I have to tell myself often. When I'm working on a manuscript, it is never perfect. I have to decide when it's good enough to get submitted, and go out into the world because it's never perfect. Same thing working on a grant. It is never perfect. Every time I read through it, I find another typo or another sentence that I think could be said better. It happens with making presentations. It happens with writing editorials. It happens with almost everything that we work on. Very rarely do I do something that I think is perfect? And what I have been working toward is deciding that things are good enough to go to the next step. This becomes so important because we can get totally consumed with perfecting something such that we never submit the paper or we never submit the grant or we miss the deadline. Can you imagine you've been working on a grant for weeks 
and it's not perfect yet. And so you keep working and working and then the deadline passes and you didn't even submit it because it wasn't perfect. That was a missed opportunity. Why not just put it out into the world and get feedback? Most likely it is absolutely good enough for other people to see it. And it's just our own insecurity and fear that is causing us to hold on to it and not allowing it to go out into the world. So when you catch yourself holding on to something and not finishing it, say the phrase in your head, is this good enough? Perfect is the enemy of good enough. Is this good enough to go out yet? Maybe it's not. Maybe you do need a little more time with it. You'll know that to be sure. You'll know if you are being a perfectionist about it or if it truly isn't ready. And I'm not suggesting that people do haphazard work or put, you know, incompleted work out into the world. But sometimes we obsess and continue to do things over and over that that really just don't need to be done. The one thing I will say, especially as the Students and postdocs transition to being faculty. Uh, I think that's when I learned this phrase, is when I was an early faculty member. It becomes really important because the amount of different things that you need to do or the number of different things that you need to do really goes up exponentially when you become faculty. And if you try to perfect everything coming out, every email, every abstract, every paper, you can't get all of it done. And so it becomes very important to prioritize which things you can spend the extra time and which things you just need to wrap up and send out. So as you go through the work that you need to do, if you find that you're obsessing, try to take a step back, remind yourself that perfect is the enemy of good enough, and send the dang thing out. So the next topic that I want to talk about, I actually said the phrase even when talking about perfection, but I want to dig in deeper and unpack this one a little bit more, and that is missed opportunity. I don't know how many of you have done this, but sometimes when I miss an opportunity, you know, I miss a deadline to submit something, I find out a week after some event that that event happened that I really would have enjoyed participating in. I learn a day too late about some seminar that happened or some opportunity to apply for a leadership conference or something like that. I can really beat myself up that I missed the opportunity. You know, how could I let this happen? I'm such a failure. Why did I not have this on my calendar? How did I miss the deadline? How did I not know this was happening? Am I not looking on the right sites? Do I not subscribe to the right mailing lists? I can get totally paralyzed attacking myself for opportunities that I've missed. And this has happened a couple times to me lately. I have to take a step back and really force myself to figure out, like, number one, what exactly happened? you know, 
really try to to investigate and diagnose how did I miss this? Was it that I was just too busy? I knew about it and I forgot. Was it that I didn't look at the details and and or I didn't write it down or put it on my calendar? For those of you who are not actively using a calendar or some sort of list, I strongly suggest that you have some way to keep track of deadlines and timelines and things that you need to do somewhere that's not your brain. It is a thousand percent true that as I've gotten older, the ability to just remember the things that had to get done that day has gone away. And I'm embarrassed to say I used to just, my to-do list was in my head and I would just kind of run through like, oh yeah, I need to do that today. I, I don't know when the transition happened, but man, if I have a list in my head, you can guarantee that it doesn't all get done because emails come in, phone calls happen, my attention gets diverted by my kids, and I totally forget the thing that was due by five o'clock. I totally, totally blank on it, and it doesn't get done. Whereas if it's on my calendar at 4.30, like submit this before five o'clock, it's the that trigger. I'm like, oh crap, I gotta get that done. So figure out what happened. How did you miss it? Why did you miss it? Learn from that. Okay, what could you have done differently? Was it a mailing list that you needed to subscribe to? So it's not that you missed the deadline, you knew about it and you missed it. You didn't even know. So part of opportunities and being able to take advantage of them is being aware that they exist. So is it that you need to get yourself more integrated with some mailing list or some web resources or some kind of communications so that you're aware of the events or the opportunities? Or is it that you knew about it and you forgot, you missed it? Based on kind of what happened, learn from that and put new practices in place so that it doesn't happen again. Add things to your calendar, develop some sort of strategy for, you know, meeting deadlines. Think about, you know, where could you put that note to yourself so that you don't forget? I generally use my calendar for really important deadlines. I just kind of put it on and set a reminder for the day before and then again the day of. Many days I will, when I write my list for what needs to get done that day, I put that thing on the list so that it gets checked off. And sometimes I fail and miss the opportunity and It just, it happens to all of us sometimes. The last point I would make about this is you can't beat yourself up about it. You have to diagnose the problem, figure out what happened, learn from it, and move on. You've got to let it go. I have a hard time doing that sometimes. I keep going over it and over it in my head and really critiquing and judging myself for what I did wrong. It's not helpful learn from it and move on. The negative energy does not help. It doesn't bring the opportunity back. It is not helpful to your emotional state or to get the other things done on your list that you need to get done. So I try really hard to just let that negative energy go, learn from what you did and move on, figure out how to not let it happen again. All right, 
The next topic that I want to talk about is what happens when you get out of your routine. I think a lot of us strive for having healthy habits and routines that we're in, you know, exercise routines or nutrition routines or writing routines. Uh, When do we work on our email so that we can get down to a zero inbox, which is a goal of mine that I think I've been able to meet one time in my 20 year career. That goal is still on my list. I'm going to do it soon, I hope. But when you have these routines, they're really helpful in being productive and staying healthy. However, especially when life gets hard, either because of a lot of travel, a lot of deadlines that cause you to have to work late at night or in the morning, or, I don't know, a global pandemic, um, a whole lot of um, uncertainty and unrest in our country, a lot of fear, you know, I don't know, some of the things we've been dealing with. Um, It's really easy to get out of our routine and out of our healthy habits and revert back to some of our unhealthy habits, our kind of the places we go for comfort that we used to do all the time. So for me, it is TV and ice cream. Those are my comforts. My I don't know that they're unhealthy, but the places that I go whenever I feel stressed, for better or worse. Um, I'm trying to, when I feel stressed, go for a walk or get on the elliptical or do some yoga. Those are my healthy routines. But sometimes I fall out of those routines. Just I'm exhausted and worn out and I get out of routine. And I just had this conversation with my 14-year-old this week because he has been working on a fitness routine and I guess really a fitness and nutrition routine that involves some specific workouts and protein shakes. And he was like, oh, mom, I really haven't done it in like a week. I've been doing other stuff, but I haven't had my shake and I haven't done that workout program. Oh, it's been a week. I suck. And I was like, whoa, 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 dude, you don't suck. Stop. That's not the right mindset. Sometimes we all get out of our routine and that doesn't mean that you're terrible. It just means you're out of your routine. And really the best thing to do is just remind yourself that I could start that routine again today. Or if you realize this late at night, tomorrow. Um, You don't have to say I've ruined my routine, therefore I can't do it anymore. I just, oh, it's too late. It's ruined. It's not ruined. Every day is a new opportunity to do the healthy habits and the things that that make you productive and that make you healthy and that make you feel good. There's no reason to beat yourself up about the failure to do the thing last week or yesterday. Start today. Do the thing that you want to be a part of your healthy routine. And I would also say, I know a lot of people who are like, "Uh, I'll wait, I'll start on Monday. Or I'll wait, I'll start again on the first of the month. That doesn't help. It actually puts a lot of pressure on you to be in the right mindset on that first of the month or on Monday. Monday is a terrible day to start things because a lot of times our mindset is not in the right place. We're tired. 
We are still recovering from the weekend. It's Monday. I try with myself, I try to tell my kids, start today. Whatever the thing is. What day is it? Oh, it's Thursday. Go ahead and start that thing today. Just do it today. Is it Saturday morning? Do it today. And I think the more that you can remind yourself that getting out of a habit or out of a routine does not mean that you've ruined everything, the better off you're going to be. Routines and habits are there to try to move us forward in healthy ways. Healthy in terms of our actual like body health and you know fitness and nutrition. They're there to work on our mental health. They are there to make us productive at work. If we fail to follow the routine for a day or for a week or even for a couple of weeks, that's okay. There are reasons that we fell out of routine. Once you recognize it, the best thing you can do is just start again. It's a new day. Every day is a new day to start again. And so just let the past go, focus on today, and make that healthy routine or that healthy habit a priority today. Okay, the next thing I want to talk about is when you are drowning in work and you are overwhelmed. This has happened for me a couple of times over the last two months. There are absolutely periods of time where I look at my email, I look at my to-do list, and there are so many things that all I want to do is crawl in bed and get under the covers and cover my head. There are times that the list is so long that it is paralyzing. And so if you have that emotion, know that I am right there with you. I can't explain why some days that list and that overwhelm lead me to want to curl up into the fetal position. And then other days, it is like someone lit a fire under my butt and I am like a maniac trying to get stuff done and get stuff off the list. I have been trying to figure out what in the world triggers me to go either into totally paralyzed, can't do anything, or maniac attacking the to-do list. If I figure it out, I will absolutely share. It will become a chapter of the book that I'm writing. But in the meantime, before I figure it out, I just have to sit with it. On the days that I feel like I can't do anything, I just embrace the rest because clearly my mind needs the rest and so I just allow my mind to have it on the days that I feel super motivated to get stuff done I just ride that wave and I get stuff done on the days that you're kind of in between you're drowning but maybe not so overwhelmed that you're paralyzed the tactic that I've been using especially this past week has been to look at my to-do list and ask myself two questions. Number one, will this matter? This item on the list. If I do get it done or if I don't get it done, will it matter this week? Will it matter in six months? Will it matter in a year? Will it matter in five years? Some items maybe seem really important right now, but in the scheme of even the month, they're not important. Some of them are. Some of them have to get done. So look through those items and figure out if they matter. And then the second question that I ask myself is, can this wait? So a lot of deadlines 
are soft. They are flexible. They can be shifted. There are other deadlines that are firm and cannot be moved. The ones that are firm have to get done first. They ha- if, if they matter and you have to get them done, then they've got to get done by the deadline. And so if you have something with a soft deadline that can be shifted, can you email the person that it's due to and just say, hey, I'm really sorry, but I need an extension. I need an extra few days or I need an extra week. But going through those two questions with your list can be really helpful to just kind of put them in buckets. These are the things that have to get done this week. These are the things that have to get done this month. These are the things that can wait longer. And these are the things that don't matter and can come off the list. It was a good idea when we came up with it. And now I don't have time for it. So off the list it goes. I have done that with uh, different things multiple times. You know, a manuscript I thought would be, oh, we should write a paper on that. That'd be really cool. Yep, it'd be cool if we ever have time. But right now it's in the bucket of we don't have time. Just leave it there for a rainy day. Or there are things like right now I'm working on a grant. It is due on Tuesday. Period. It has to get done. And so other things have to wait while I get that done. And then based on those questions, as I said, just redo your list. Take your list that maybe is just one long streaming list and break it up into like these are the things I have to get done today. These are the things I have to get done in the next 10 days or the next week. And take the things off the list and put them somewhere else that can wait for a while. The pie in the sky, the update your CV, the organize your Dropbox, the the things that, you know, they need to get done someday, but not today. And they certainly don't need to be on the list creating you stress when you have other things that are higher priority and need to get done. All right, the last one that I'm going to mention is rejection. I hate rejection. It just stinks. It's so hard. It doesn't feel good. I guess the one consolation with rejection that I think we all need to know is that it happens to everyone. It is part of life. It is something we have to learn to accept and deal with. And the sooner that we can figure out how to learn from it and deal with it and move on, the better off we'll be. In academia, we have rejection in terms of job opportunities. We have rejection of manuscripts. We have rejection of abstracts. We have rejection of grants. We have rejection of committees that we apply for or, um, you know, to be on a board. We might run for election of something, or we might put a a nomination in for an award, and we don't get them. Rejection happens all the time. I think it's really important to realize it happens to everyone. It may not look like it, especially if people um, post and discuss a lot of their successes. Sometimes they do that to make themselves feel better and kind of focus their own attention away from the rejections, but you can guarantee that for every, you know, wonderful thing that happened, there is probably a rejection kind of in that same week. It certainly happens to me. It's like you win some, you lose some. I'll get two things accepted and two rejections in the same week. And it's like the yin and yang. It's the balance and it just happens. It has happened It's happened this week. It happens every week, but it's happened this week. It was a little hard to take. And 
I had to, you know, take a step back and remind myself, you know, what's the lesson here? How do I grow from this? How do I do better next time? What could I do differently? And then let it go. Focus the energy on things that are new opportunities that I can try to get done and hope that they don't get rejected. A good friend of mine, when I left one job to go to a different job, this was back, you know, a decade ago, gave me a, a little trinket to sit on my desk that says when one door opens, or sorry, when one door closes, another opens. And I love it. It is a really great reminder about rejection and that a lot of times when one thing doesn't work out, it's because there's something else waiting. You know, you don't get one job, but it's because that wasn't the right one for you. There's a different job that's waiting for you. Or your paper gets rejected from one journal. Well, that's okay, because the, the journal it ends up in is really the right one for that paper. And maybe that's a little bit silly and naive, but I think it definitely helps to deal with that emotion. If you can just tell yourself that, you know, it's okay that that thing didn't happen. It wasn't the right, wasn't the right opportunity. It wasn't the right time or it wasn't the right place. And there is something better. And you just have to stay positive and keep working toward it. And then you'll get to experience that other joy. So I know that rejection is hard to deal with. I deal with it for myself. I help my lab members deal with it on a regular basis. I help my kids deal with it. It's part of life. The more that you can remind yourself that rejection is a growth opportunity, it will make it so much easier for you to to take. So those are my mental hacks for dealing with these things that happen in day-to-day work life. I realized as I was talking about these today that it could be that part of the reason that we all respond to these issues differently gets back to our own personality traits. And the there's a tool that I've used to try to understand my own personality and that of my lab members, and it's called the Enneagram. If you're not familiar with it, um, I'm going to talk about it in the podcast next week. Uh, my lab did an Enneagram exercise several months ago, and it was just so eye-opening, and we learned so much about ourselves and a lot about each other. And so that's what I'll talk about next week. I think it could be helpful. Uh, maybe I should have talked about the Enneagram first before I talked about these mental hacks, because depending on kind of where you sit in the Enneagram and what personality trait you have, um, it may change how you respond to things like missed opportunities and perfection and rejection. So that's what we're going to talk about next week. Uh, I hope that some of the the mental hacks that I talked about today are helpful to you. Um, if any of these issues resonate with you, just know that you're not alone. I think we all go through these things on a regular basis. And the key is to not let them kind of paralyze us and get us down and, and make us, you know, less productive or or to change our mindset. You know, yes, work is work and it's not supposed to be fun every day, but 
man, life is so much better if you can keep a positive mindset and enjoy the work that you're doing, get it done for the day, and then enjoy the time with your family and friends. So with that, I'm going to sign off. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you next time. You've just listened to another episode of The Calm Podcast. I hope that some of the strategies that I talked about are helpful to you in your journey through academia and life. As they say, it's not all about the destination, it's about the journey. Let's make it a great one. Until next time.